are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. After today's reading, if you would like to discuss it with others, I invite you to find the Mystical City of God in a Year Facebook group, and there you can share your insights with other readers and followers. Today we are going to pray a prayer that I wrote to Sor Maria, or to Venerable Maria of Agreda. It was inspired by a visit to San Angelo, Texas, where Sor Maria allegedly bilocated from her monastery in Spain and began teaching the native people. Let us pray. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 97, and we'll be reading from chapter 3, paragraphs 27 to 37. Chapter 3. What favors the Most High conferred on Most Holy Mary on the third day of the Novena before the Incarnation? 27. The right arm of the Most High, which threw open the doors of the Divinity to the Most Holy Mary, continued to enrich and adorn at the expense of His infinite attributes this most pure spirit and virginal body which He had chosen as His tabernacle. As His temple and as the holy city of His habitation, and the Heavenly Lady engulfed in this vastness of the Divinity winged her flight day by day, farther away from earthly things, and transformed herself more and more into a heavenly being, discovering ever new sacraments in the Most High. For as he is the infinite object of desire, although the appetite is satiated with that which is received, always more remains to be desired and understood. Not all the hierarchies of the angels, nor all men together, have attained such preferment in blessings, mysteries, and sacraments as this princess attained, especially as regards those due to her as mother of the Creator. 28. On the third day of preparation at which I have now arrived, having again been prepared as on the first day, the divinity manifested itself anew in abstractive vision. Too slow and inadequate are our powers for understanding the increase of the gifts and graces which the Most High lavished on Heavenly Mary, and at this juncture I am at a loss for words to explain even the least portion of what I perceived. I can only express myself by saying that the divine wisdom and power proceeded in a manner worthy of her, and was to be the mother of the word, so as to ensure as far as is possible for a creature that likeness and proportion which was due to the divine persons. Whoever has even a faint understanding of the distance which lies between the two extremes, the infinite God and the limited human creature, can comprehend so much the better what is necessary to bring them together and establish a proportion. 29. More and more the Queen of Heaven reflected his infinite attributes and virtues. More and more brilliantly shone forth her beauty under the touch of the pencil of the Divine Wisdom, 
and under the colors and lights added to it from on high. On this day she was informed of the works of creation as they happened on the third day. She learned when and how the waters, which were beneath the firmament, flowed together in one place. Genesis 1.9, disclosing the dry land which the Lord called earth, while he called the waters the sea. She learned in what way the earth brought forth the fresh herbs and all plants and fructiferous trees with their seeds, each one according to its kind. She was taught and she comprehended the greatness of the sea, its depths and its divisions, its correspondence with the storms and the fountains that take their rise from it and flow back into it. The different plants and herbs, the flowers, trees, roots, fruits, and seeds. She perceived how all and each one of them served for the use of Mahan. All this our queen understood and penetrated with the keenest insight more clearly, distinctly and comprehensibly than Adam or Solomon. In comparison with her, all those skilled in medicine in the world would appear but ignorant, even after the most thorough studies and largest experience. The Most Holy Mary knew all that was hidden from sight, as Wisdom says, Wisdom 7.21, and just as she learned it without any fiction, she also communicates it without envy. Whatever Solomon says there in the Book of Wisdom was realized in her with incomparable and eminent perfection. 30. On some occasions our queen made use of this science in order to exercise her charity toward the poor and needy as will be related in the sequence of this history. She had it under perfect control, and it was as familiar to her as the well-trained musician is with the instrument. The same was true of the rest of the sciences, whenever she found it desirable or necessary to make use of them in the service of the Most High. For she was mistress of all of them more perfectly than any of the mortals who ever did excel in any art of science. She was versed in the virtuous qualities and activities of the stones, herbs, and plants, and in her was true what Christ our Lord promised to the apostles and the first Christians, that poisonous droughts would not hurt them. This privilege belonged to the queen as a sovereign, so that neither poison or any other thing could ever injure her or cause her any harm except with her permission. 31. These privileges and favors the most prudent princess and lady always kept concealed, and she made no use of them for herself, as I have said, desiring not to be deprived of a share in the suffering which had been chosen by her most holy son. Before conceiving him and becoming his mother, she was inspired with divine knowledge and science concerning the passibility of the word made flesh. And when she became mother, she saw and experienced this truth in her son and Lord himself. And therefore she gave a greater license, or rather a more strict command to creatures to afflict her, since she saw the results of this activity in their own Creator. Hence, as the Most High did not wish his only and chosen spouse to be continually molested by the creatures, even though she herself desired it, he often restrained them and neutralized their operations, so that the heavenly princess, unhindered by them, might occasionally enjoy the delights of the Most High King. 32. There is another special favor which the Most Holy Mary received for the benefit of the mortals on the third day. And in that vision of the divinity, for during this vision, God manifested to her in a special way the desire of his divine love to come to the aid of men and to raise them up from all their miseries. In accordance with the knowledge of his infinite mercy and the object for which it was conceded, the Most High gave to Mary a certain kind of participation of his own attributes. 
in order that afterwards, as the mother and the advocate of sinners, she might intercede for them. This participation of the Most Holy Mary in the love of God and in his inclination to help her was so heavenly and powerful that if, from that time on, the strength of the Lord had not come to her aid, she would not have been able to bear the impetuosity of her desire to assist and save mankind. Filled with this love and charity, she would, if necessary or feasible, have delivered herself an infinite number of times to the flames, to the sword, and to the most exquisite torments of death for their salvation. All the torments, sorrows, tribulations, pains, infirmities, she would have accepted and suffered, and she would have considered them a great delight for the salvation of sinners. Whatever all men have suffered from the beginning of the world till this hour, and whatever they will suffer till the end, would have been a small matter for the love of this most merciful mother. Let, therefore, mortals and sinners understand what they owe to Most Holy Mary. 33. From that day on, we can say, the Heavenly Lady continued to be the mother of kindness and great mercy for two reasons. First, because from the moment she sought with a special and anxious desire to communicate without envy the treasure of grace, which she had comprehended and received, and therefore such an admirable sweetness grew up in her heart, that she was ready to communicate it to all men and to shelter them in her heart in order to make them participants of the divine love which was there enkindled. Secondly, because this love of Most Holy Mary for the salvation of man was one of the principal dispositions required for conceiving the eternal word in her virginal womb, it was eminently befitting that she should be all mercy, kindness, piety, and clemency, who was herself to conceive and give birth to the word made man, since he, in his mercy, clemency, and love, desired to humiliate himself to the lowliness of our nature, and wished to be born of her in order to suffer for men. It is said, like Begget, like, just as the water partakes of the qualities of the minerals through which it flows, and although the birth of Christ originated in the divinity, yet it also partook of the conditions of the mother, as far as was possible." She therefore would not have been suitable for concurrence with the Holy Ghost in this conception, in which only the activity of the man was wanting, if she had not been endowed with perfections corresponding to those of the humanity of Christ. 34. The Most Holy Mary issued from this vision with ever-increasing fervor, and during all the rest of the day she occupied herself in the prayers and petitions commanded her by the Lord. The heart of her spouse was wounded with love, so that, according to our mode of thinking, he already longed for the day and the hour when he should rest in the arms and recline at the breast of his beloved. Instruction which the Most Holy Queen gave me. My dearest daughter, great were the favors which the hand of the Most High showered upon me in the vision of the divinity, vouchsafed me during the nine days before his conception in my womb, and although he did not manifest himself intuitively and altogether unveiled, yet he did it in an exalted manner, and with such effects as are reserved to his wisdom. In the remembrance of what I perceived in this vision, I rose to the true perception of the position which God held in comparison to men, and men in comparison to God. My heart was inflamed with love and was torn with sorrow, for I realized the immensity of his love towards mortals and their most ungrateful oblivion of his incomprehensible goodness. Many times would I have died at the thought of these extremes, if God himself had not comforted and preserved me. 
The sacrifice of his servant was most pleasing to his majesty, and he accepted it with greater complacency than all the holocausts of the old law, for he beheld my humility and delighted in it very much. Whenever I performed these exercises, he showed great mercy to me and to my people. 36. These sacraments, my dearest, I manifest to thee in order to encourage thee to imitate me. As far as is possible with thy weak forces aided by grace, look upon the works which thou hast learnt of as a pattern and example to be closely followed. Meditate much and weigh over and over again as well in the light of grace, as in that of reason how exactly mortals ought to correspond to this immense kindness of God and to his eagerness to assist them. Compare at the same time the heartless obduracy of the children of Adam. I wish that thy heart be softened in affectionate thankfulness toward the Lord and melted in sorrow at these unhappy proceedings of men. I assure thee, my daughter, that on the day of general adjustment, the cause of the greatest wrath of the just judge shall be man's most ungrateful forgetfulness of this truth. And the confusion of men on account of this wrath shall be such that on that day they would be of their own accord, cast themselves into the abyss of pain, if there were no ministers of divine justice to visit this retribution upon them. 37. In order to avoid such an abominable fault, and in order to forestall such a horrible chastisement, renew in thyself the memory of the blessing which thou hast received at the hands of his love and infinite clemency. And remember that God has distinguished thee in preference to the souls of many generations. Do not make the mistake of considering these great favors and special gifts as conferred on thee for thyself alone. They were conferred also for the sake of thy brethren, for the divine mercy is extended to all men. Therefore the return which thou owest to the Lord must be made first for thyself, and then for thy brethren. And because thou art poor, offer up the life and merits of my most holy Son, and with them all that I have suffered by the forces of my love. Thus wilt thou make thyself pleasing to God, and tender some recompense for the ingratitude of mortals. In all these things exercise thyself repeatedly many times, remembering in the meanwhile what I thought and felt in similar acts and exercises. This concludes our reading today for day number 97. Today we read from chapter 3 of Book 3, paragraphs 27 to 37. On this third day, Mary was informed of the works of creation as they happened. She learned when and how the waters which were beneath the firmament flowed together in one place, disclosing the dry land which the Lord called the earth, so forth and so on. There were several powerful lines as we made our way through the reading today. Here's one of them. In comparison with her, all those skilled in medicine in the world would appear but ignorant, even after the most thorough studies and largest experience. That line made me think of, well, Maybe Mary is powerful in this sense of medicine because many people ask her intercession today and they experience healing. That people pray to Our Lady of La Leche and infertile couples suddenly conceive a child when they were told they could not. That people visit a shrine and they experience a healing from cancer or a heart problem or something along those lines. That in ages gone past, people have left crutches. So Mary is a great medicine woman in a sense. She has this knowledge because she has that relationship with her son and is able to obtain these things from the Most High. She found it desirable or necessary to make use of them in the service of the Most High, to put everything at the service of God. 
That's another thing. We hear that today. And so as we look at our life, as we look at our day, as we look at our week, how can what I do be put at the service of Almighty God? For during this vision, God manifested to her in a special way the desire of his divine love to come to the aid of men and to raise them up from their miseries. This is the desire of God, that he sees our miseries, he sees our miserable state, he sees the condition we're in, and God wants to come and rescue us. This is what happens in the incarnation. It's often been called by some a divine rescue plan that God sees that we need this redemption and salvation. And so Jesus comes and he rescues us. The desire of his divine love to come to the aid of men and to raise them up from all their miseries. Well, God wants to lift us up from all of these situations in our life. Therefore, such an admirable sweetness grew up in her heart that she was ready to communicate it to all men and to shelter them in her heart in order to make them participants of the divine love which there was enkindled. She wants to shelter them in her heart. This is her immaculate heart. Place yourself today in the immaculate heart of Mary. Mary, my mother, I am your child, and I place myself in your heart And I know your heart is full of love for me and for my family and my friends. I place us all there. And I ask you to watch over us, to see our needs, to pray for us and intercede for us, to obtain from God what it is that we need to do his holy will. We place ourselves in the most holy heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then finally, in our last paragraph today, Remember that God has distinguished thee in preference to the souls of many generations. Do not make the mistake of considering these great favors and special gifts as conferred on thee for thyself alone. They were conferred also for the sake of thy brethren, for the divine mercy is extended to all men. In God choosing Mary, he has given us someone to intercede for us. And so what God has done for her is a gift for us because now she looks from her place as queen of heaven over all of us and sees our needs. Remember that God has distinguished Mary in preference to the souls of many generations. Indeed, that's true because every generation has called her blessed. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.